Welcome to the WealthStream Podcast. The team at Hightower Great Lakes share their insights and passions for empowering their clients to live their best life. In this energetic podcast, we will take you on a journey to help you navigate your financial future, overcome life's challenges to reach your financial goals, and find the financial clarity you've been searching for. Let's explore the downstream impact of your wealth and what it means to you, your family, and your community to live greater. Hello and welcome to The Wealth Stream with Tim Scannell from Hightower Great Lakes. Tim, how are you? I'm doing well. It's 70 degrees tonight and today and it's uh, sunny, so I have no complaints at all. Although I am in the office, but I eventually will be out there to see it. But it's a nice day. There you go. Nice, nice. So we're we're inside, not enjoying the outside. That's right. uh, and we're talking about something that is, I mean, super exciting. <laughs> well, I find it exciting. Uh, a lot of my clients do not. They're a little phobic about it, but I thought we would just talk about tax strategies. You know, it, everyone probably just got done with their tax returns, hopefully, or many, many of the listeners might be on extension and still working on it. But I thought um, this is the time of year we focus a lot of our time and energy on coming up with tax planning models and, you know, forecasts for our clients. So I thought we have a process for that. I thought I'd go through that so that the listeners can maybe me pick up a couple of good ideas about what they should be doing with their tax planning. Yeah. And I, as a business owner, I'll tell you that I'm not excited about taxes, but I will tell you, I, I do get excited about tax strategies and learning things that I did not know. Now I'm not a big business and I don't, I can't utilize a lot of the things you're going to talk about today. However, the more I can save in taxes, that does get me super excited because that's more money in my pocket, more money for my business. So um, no, I love this. I love this subject, even though you say taxes and people's toes curl, but right. not today, sir. Exactly. Today, you're going to stay awake for a short period of time to think about tax planning. That's right. <laughs> All right. So where do we start? I mean, there's a ton, ton to cover. What do you so start the, with? The first thing I thought I would talk about is just the difference between tax deferral and just permanent tax savings. And it's it's often a point of confusion. I won't get too deep into the woods, but just generally talk about that. So um, you're probably familiar with you know a 401k, IRA, pension, profit sharing, and that's a situation where you're getting a tax deduction. So you're getting some tax savings today, um, but you're deferring it. You're just postponing that tax because yes. eventually you will have to pay either you or your beneficiaries of the retirement account, for example, will ultimately have to pay. So one of the things we it's, we call it temporary, but I mean, it could last a long time, but we're really just deferring. And a lot of the tax planning we do is really focusing on how can we postpone the taxation, deferring it um, so that we can maybe, if we if you're in a higher bracket today, so let's say you're in the 24, 26, 32%, 34% bracket now, and we get a tax deduction for that, maybe when we do the modeling, you, you'll be taking it out at some point in the future when you're in a lower bracket. So oftentimes when we talk about deferral, we're trying to postpone and get maybe a higher deduction today, and if possible, take it out at a lower rate in the future. That's kind of the, the forest view concept of deferral. Yeah. And, and in that, I mean, inherently, it, or naturally, I guess I should, should say, naturally, if you're able to do that, then you're, you're still putting more money into the business's pocket or into your own pocket to be able to be used for growth of the business or whatever, because since you're deferring it, you're not paying it out 
saving it for now. Yeah. So that, that is one. So that's true to some extent. And you know, one of the, I should say, not disadvantages, but one of the things we think about uh, when we're deciding to defer or not, or like contributing to a retirement plan is there are more restrictions. So if you contribute money to your 401k um, and you're under age 59 and a half, for example, if you go to take that money out, you're going to have a 10% penalty, an IRS penalty. Um, there's also just more limited options typically. So in a 401k or pension profit sharing, oftentimes you get a, a, like a list of options you can choose. You know, we work with our clients to help them, you know, select which one fits their risk tolerance, time frame, et cetera. But there are things you can't, really can't do, in, you know, in a retirement account. So if you're oftentimes we're working with a business owner at the end of the year, they're looking at their taxes and everyone, not everyone, but most people dislike paying a lot in tax. So they face that question. Do I put money into a retirement plan, for example, postpone or defer the tax, but know that I can't use that money for my business, you know, but if instead I'm looking to maybe buy a couple of trucks or vehicles or equipment, you know, maybe I can look at doing that and getting the write-offs that way. And then also that might help me grow my business. So you are right, but there are some restrictions and we always kind of talk about the pros and cons of deferral. Okay. All right. So then you mentioned permanent. Yeah. So permanent is an example might be we have a client that has farmland. Uh, they might've purchased acreage a um, long time ago. Farmland is, I grew up in Chicago playing in alleys, so I wasn't that familiar with farming, but I've been in Valparaiso for uh, 27 years now and I work with a number of farmers and I have a very good understanding of how the price of uh, per acre has really risen, especially in this area. So you might've inherited or purchased land years and years ago. And it, it might not generate, if you're looking to, into retirement, it might not generate a lot of cash flow for you. So you're looking to sell, but if you sell it, you've got a pretty big capital gain. So oftentimes we'll at least explore something like a 1031 exchange or a tax deferred exchange where you can move it into something that produces more cash flow. And then if you hold it up to the point where you pass on and pass it to your kids, they get what they call a stepped up basis and, and you avoid the tax. So in that example, there's too much detail in that for, you know, for a lot of people, but I would just say that there are ways to make the tax savings permanent, in which case you're not just deferring it, but we have a strategy to completely avoid it, you know, and just remove the tax itself from and get those proceeds directly to you and your family. Nice. That's a huge advantage. Yeah. So that, with that being said, you know, when we're looking at defer or permanent, defer, deferred or permanent, we have kind of a checklist we go through and the starting point for everybody is really number one, just take an inventory. And it seems like a, a basic thing to do, but we literally just walk down the list of someone's assets. So if I look at your balance sheet, you know, checking savings, real estate, house, uh, retirement accounts, your business, and then within the business, uh, the different assets or vehicles you have, we just want to make sure we take a complete inventory and make that starting point as the list of these are the things we're going to review when we talk about deferral, permanent, et cetera. But that's our starting point. And that's where the listeners should go, you know, as a starting point when they're looking to do the annual uh, review of their taxes. Okay. All right. What and else? And then we, from there, we kind of dive into things like when I'm working with a client, what, you know, what type of entity is their business? Is it a 
S corp? Is mm-hmm. it an LLC, a sub S corp? And here's why that matters. So I have a, a client that I'm working with uh, referred to me by a CPA last year. And he, the business that they operate, the primary business is in, is a C corp. So there's some specific tax issues related to that in terms of how to get money out of there to the, to the business owner. And in this case, the company's been profitable. They've accumulated a fair amount of cash in the business. And we were looking at strategies to get those funds out, you know, with the, with minimal taxes. Compared that to a lot of clients that I, most clients I work with years ago converted their C-Corps into S-Corps and the taxation is a lot different. The taxation is much more similar to, you know, the earnings show up on your own tax return. So it's a little easier to get money out. So we had to work with the CPA, work with the attorney, uh, work with his team to come up with a kind of a long-term plan to move that money out over time to minimize the taxes, you know, transferring funds, for example, over to an LLC or an S corp, et cetera. So again, I'm diving a little too deep into the woods, but the point is by taking inventory, by listing the the assets, by looking at your businesses and how the entities are structured, um, it's easy to then model out really tax preferred way to get funds out, you know, for you at the, you know, permanently and or deferred. Got it. Yeah. I, I'm, that's always been pretty confusing. And I think a lot of business owners start their business knowing, you know, what they want to set it up as and they get some advice, but then later on it can change, right? Exactly. And, yeah. and that's where we, that's step two of the, the process is where we then say, okay, let's, let's, you know, what are your plans for the business? What are your plans for the investments? What's your, your time frame, your the cash flow needs, you know, what, what kind of needs do you have for your kids, your, your nieces, your nephews, your grandkids, uh, your, you know, friends, family, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Because when we have kind of a better feel for your plans and goals, your timing, we can then more easier, it'll be easier for us to help you model out how to take that money out and at least defer or postpone the tax. And an example would be, they changed the rules regarding inherited annuities. So it used to be that if when I pass, um, I would pass my 401k, IRA, et cetera, to my wife, Nancy, vice versa, if something happened to her. And then ultimately when we're both gone, we listed the kids as in what we call contingent beneficiaries. And it would be that they could set up these inherited IRAs with the money. So we have five kids. It would just be whatever there is divided by five. They each get an inherited IRA and they would have the ability to take it out or stretch it out, the, the taxation over their lifetime. But they changed the rules within the last two years to make it so that they now have to take it out over a 10-year period. Right. And in this case, it, it requires a lot more planning because oftentimes, if you think about it, Eric, you know, if you're in retirement, um, maybe you're not in the maximum bracket. But if all of a sudden happens where your kids inherit the money, and they're in their 40s, 50s, maybe their peak earnings years, they might actually be in a much higher bracket than you are now. Yeah. So playing with that and, and deciding how to take the funds out, um, and maybe even we did, worked on a case recently where we actually started to deplete the IRAs and annuities are taxed similarly, started to deplete the annuities kind of in, in anticipation of maybe taking it out at a lower tax bracket during the client's life so that the kids didn't end up paying a larger tax when they passed it on to them. So incorporating the beneficiaries, or at least you don't necessarily have to talk to them about it, but just putting that into the modeling and and looking at the whole family 
kind of a generational plan is really, really important. Yeah. All these moving parts. I mean, you, you've talked about this for over a hundred podcasts, right? I mean, you, you, you've done so much education for the audience. There's a ton of moving parts to consider. And, and I love the fact that you're breaking kind of each section down. I mean, you're talking taxes today, but you've done this with all sorts of business succession and, and all sorts of other planning that you do. So I, I think this is fantastic. Yeah. And then, so, and that kind of gets to the whole team approach and the third step, which is, you know, just making sure you're getting your, your tax, your tax returns are being prepared as best they can. And when I say that, an example this year where I have a very successful physician in a specialty, um, he's had the same CPA for, my gosh, probably 15 years since I've worked with him. And kind of out of the blue this year, for the first time, all of a sudden, the firm filed an extension, didn't really communicate with them very well. And um, it was the communication came from somebody else. And so we kind of jumped into it and confirmed that the, the partner that he had worked with for so many years had actually phased out and didn't really tell us, right? <laughs> so, mm. and then as a result, this new CPA that was working on the plan didn't really have a lot of the history. There's some unique things that the doctor did, kind of some side consulting that you know, was not recorded correctly. And so the point is that I think it's a good idea, step three, just to take a look and get a second opinion. You know, we have, we have software we have, for example, where we're not CPA practitioners, we don't prepare tax returns, but we kind of run it through some software just to see, are there any things we think that might've been missed? Um, so it's really a good idea kind of as a third step when you're formulating your tax plan for the year, when you're looking at 2023 right now and saying, you know, what's it going to look like? Also just making sure that your, your professionals that you're working with are doing everything correctly and they're taking advantage and they know everything about you in order to do that. Now, let me ask you something. In, yeah. in your experience, when you've been working with these professionals, are you finding any professionals out there that are, um, that kind of get an, a poor attitude about somebody wanting a second opinion? I mean, are we, are we to the point now? Cause I, I mean, I've met them before, but I know you have a pretty deep network. Have you experienced that before where you, you maybe you have a client said, you know, I, I told them I was getting, you know, somebody else to take a look at this and they gave me some attitude about it. Absolutely. Yeah. So oh, it's terrible. In 2019, so before COVID, I kind of went on this venture and I literally met with 19 That's right. um, accounting firms in Northwest Indiana because some of my clients were just having difficulty just getting served. And I just wanted to identify who who was out there who had capacity to take on more clients. We're actually reaching out to clients and providing good service. And unfortunately, I found three. And it's for any number of reasons. A number of the firms were sole practitioners. They were getting older. They really didn't, they didn't have the staff or the time. And then all of a sudden, just the model, their business model is such that they just get slammed January through May. I took, we took them off our referral list and we just started focusing on the ones that did respond and, and yeah, they take it personal, <laughs> you know, but I'm an advocate yeah. for my client and I really can't worry about, you know, offending a vendor. I mean, I'm super respectful and professional, but mm -hmm. uh, at the same time, I just want, I, I demand that not demand, but I, I really want the clients to get great service. So the, I, I don't think know if demand is the right word, asked, but that was the answer. No, but I think demand is the right word. I mean, that, that's what you do for your clients all the time. You all the time you demand the best. It's not that you're rude when you demand, but if they don't meet your expectation, I know you're just going to say bye. You know, I mean, Joe Schmo can go service other people that don't really want high quality. <laughs> exactly. And one of the 
questions I ask the clients or people who are asking about this particular, I say, well, how often do you hear from your tax advisor? And, you know, oftentimes they they get a letter about in a packet saying, send me your information, you know, in January, February. And then um, they kind of don't get a whole lot of communication, maybe one meeting in March or April. And then they really don't hear as much from them. And so what we do is we spend a lot of time in the fourth quarter doing tax loss harvesting, retirement mm-hmm. planning, tax bracket planning, you know, just basically making sure that we do whatever is required before the end of the year, before it's too late. And then as we're following this process I'm talking about today, we do this in Q1 with everyone, just saying, let's forecast, let's look for opportunities, maybe Roth conversions or backdoor Roths, things like that, yeah. where we can save you money. And just, I think part of it is the business model where accountants just get so slammed in, in a four months out of 12 months. But I do work with a lot of, with actually three or four really great CPAs who are very proactive, like we are in the fourth quarter and the first quarter. And they're, they're more advisors than just um, historians. That's great. Yeah. Fantastic. And then the, the other thing we always just kind of uh, on our checklist is, you know, are there parents you're supporting? Are there other people you're supporting? Are there kids you're supporting? Or as we talked about a minute ago, you know, what are the kids doing? What are their tax brackets? And are there opportunities to shift income to them? Or are they working in the business? Just looking for ways to make transfers to your whoever you care about, children, parents, et cetera, very tax efficiently. And so if you're not, if you're just writing checks and not really thinking about it, um, whether it's to nonprofits, charities, kids, parents, um, it just makes sense to kind of step back and just incorporate that into your tax plan just to see, you know, are there ways where we can make it more efficient, where we can defer income or maybe even make things tax-free. So we always want to make sure we gather information about the other people, the other organizations they care for. All right. I love that. Very thorough. Yeah. So the last thing I'll just say is, you know, when you're, when you're looking at this, we always want to make sure that any strategy, any tax planning we do has as much flexibility as possible. You know, I mentioned earlier the 1031 exchange, the disadvantage is there's just not a lot of flexibility. There's other things like ESOPs, you know, not a lot of flexibility. There's great tax advantages, but but some are more flexible than others. And it's critical to really step back and I call it a forest view. You're looking at the forest, but it's really just the big picture. What is your goal? Where is this wealth that you're accumulating? You know, you've accumulated it. We're working to help you protect it. We're working to help you grow it. But we also want to help you realize the benefit of it. And we also want to help you help you help your family realize the benefit of it. So mm-hmm. family planning, big picture, et cetera. And then if you're in a business, we have a lot more flexibility um, in terms of tax planning compared to if you're getting, you know, you're an employee getting a W-2. And then the final is really just looking, you know, at your investments and making sure that you're doing those as efficiently as possible too. So that, that, that's kind of just the summary. You know, we have, we have checklists and processes and they're in more depth, but I just wanted to give the listeners some ideas on what they should maybe think about. So maybe they could take one or two ideas with them back to their advisor team. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that you have resources on the website. You've got resources within your office and folks can can reach out to you for those. So how about we give them some contact info uh, so they can reach out and start this conversation? Perfect. Yeah. So they can always reach me at 219-531-4941 or send me an email at tscannell at 
HightowerAdvisors.com. And Eric, I'd mentioned just before we started talking that I actually had a, a business owner, to, a couple reach out to me a couple of weeks ago, and we've had three meetings so far, and they've really been very productive discovery meetings, finding out what they're doing, what they have been doing. And to be, to be honest, they've been doing some amazing things. And what they're looking for in particular is someone to kind of bring it all together, some of it to help them organize it and manage it you know, and treat each different thing they're doing, but also look at it from a forest view as a combined view. So those are the kinds of things we could do. I just wanted to give you that one example. Yeah. And, and, and I love the fact that they had been listening to the podcast. Um, that's something that they had gathered a bunch of information before. So they already knew kind of your style and exactly what you described, right? Is that you help them orchestrate all these different parts of their life. So they all work together the, the best way possible. Right. And that's what you've talked about since the very beginning of this podcast. So I love the fact that that's come to fruition now and folks are listening, they're, they're contacting, reaching out and getting exceptional service. So I love that, Tim. That's fantastic. Yeah, me too. No, I mean, these are really smart people, very successful, have a great business. They've done many, many things that, you know, are just amazing. And they're just looking for maybe a few ideas and, and help with organizing and really a forest view. And that's what we offer. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Tim, thank you so much. I appreciate the time today and and uh, a great overview. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Always fun to talk to you, Eric. You bet. And our last thank you will always go to you, listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the WealthStream podcast with Tim Scannell. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Tim comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. And we humbly ask that you share this podcast, rate it, and leave a review, as this actually does help others find the show. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Hightower, Great Lakes, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the WealthStream podcast. We hope you gained some valuable insight that you can apply to your life and share with others. Please don't forget to subscribe below to be notified when new episodes become available. And don't forget to live greater. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Hightower Great Lakes. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Hightower Great Lakes is a group comprised of investment professionals registered with Hightower Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Some investment professionals may also be registered with Hightower Securities, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Associates, LLC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities, LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk, and there is no guarantee that the investment process or the investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is neither indicative nor a guarantee of future results. The investment opportunities referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data or other information referenced herein is from sources believed to be reliable. Any opinions, news, research, analyses, prices, or other data or information contained in this presentation is provided as general market commentary and does not constitute investment advice. Hightower Great Lakes and Hightower Advisors, LLC, or any of its affiliates, make no representations or warranties express or implied as to the accuracy or completeness of the information or for statements or errors or omissions or results obtained from the use of this information. 
Hightower Great Lakes and Hightower Advisors, LLC, assume no liability for any action made or taken in reliance on or relating in any way to this information. The information is provided as of the date referenced in the document. Such data and other information are subject to change without notice. This document was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed herein are solely those of the authors and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors, LLC, or any of its affiliates.